0: This is the Hockey News Podcast.
1: Hello, everybody. I can't believe I'm doing this. It's Matt Larkin here in the studio at the Hockey News office with Ryan Kennedy to my right, Ken Campbell to my left. It has been a long time and I I miss you guys. I'm gonna cuddle you right now. I'm rubbing their shoulders right now because it feels so good. Yeah. It's been a while since it's been the three of us, the regular formation. It's not even a regular formation back
2: together. It's back together.
1: (laughs) Yes. So you guys just uh got back from the draft in Vancouver, which was pretty eventful, especially on day two. Uh, we're gonna get to all the trades but before we start talking trade let's talk winners and losers and Ryan you're Mr. Draft so we're gonna start with you what was your biggest winner team from the draft and what was your biggest loser team from the draft
0: okay so uh, because we've parsed them out ahead of time. Uh, I, I had a couple of winners, <laughs> Spoiler but one, alert: the one that I will focus on uh, is Los Angeles. I, I really liked what the Kings did. They grabbed Alex Turcotte with their first selection. Then they got Tobias Bjornfott, uh, a defenseman with a lot of character and a lot of two-way ability. And then they got a pretty nice little steal. Actually, they got two steals in the second round. Arthur Kaliev, the sniper from Hamilton who dropped out of first-round contention uh, because his game is a little uneven right now. He kind of scores and doesn't do a lot else but the potential is there for a lot of goals and then Samuel Fajimo uh, the Swede who had been passed over last year had a breakout year with Frolanda. so they grabbed him they also got Jordan Spence later in the draft a very good offensive defenseman from the Moncton Wildcats and uh, and they just they got a lot and I like when teams get a variety of skills and, and use their picks in different ways so I think for a team that is you know about to rebuild, you know they got to shed some of those big contracts first. But they're they're laying a pretty nice foundation for the future, and I, I think they they did a lot of really good work uh, in this 2019 class. And
1: if
2: somebody needs a good draft at CLA Kings,
0: definitely, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so Kenny, we'll get
1: a winner from you. Then I'll do a winner. Then we'll go back and do losers. Okay. Okay. So,
2: first of all, I want to I want to register my. My protest on this—sure, winners and losers of the draft when it's uh, happened forty-eight two, hours, <laughs> two days ago. <laughs> okay, like because at the trade deadline, everybody picked their winners and losers, and everybody, nobody picked Boston as a winner. In fact, a bunch of people picked them as a loser, and they ended up with Charlie Quill and Marcus Johansson and had the best two trades of the draft. Yeah. So, uh but. I'll play ball, as it were. Okay, Uh, I'm going to go with the Montreal Canadiens as the winner um, because they got Cole Caulfield in the first round and then a bunch of other guys. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, To me, uh, you know, when you have a chance at 15 to get a guy that can that has the potential to be that dynamic. Uh, that's a, that's a big win. Mm. I, I'm I'm pretty sure they were going to pick Cam York if he if he was available. Right. But uh, Philadelphia had already taken him, so they went the next route, which was which was uh, which was Caulfield. And, and Caulfield actually fell a little bit. I th- I think I think so too. Um, you know, I mean, he. I think a lot of people expected him to go in the top ten, and this proves to me that when it comes right down to it. Teams are still drafting with tape measures. And hopefully in five years for Cole Caulfield and the Montreal Canadiens, there are going to be a bunch of scouts who are going to be bashing their heads against the wall for not having taken him. Uh, If this guy ends up being the next Johnny Gaudreau or Alex Debrinket, to whom he's been compared ad nauseum, uh, that's exactly what they'll be doing.
0: I I, I feel like Charlie Brown with the football at this point, where every year there's a great smaller player and I say... This year, NHL teams will learn. They yeah, will look at all yeah. the great dynamic players like Gaudreau and Braden Point, and even Max Domi was only five ten when he right. was drafted. He fell out of the top ten, and now with Caulfield. And every year they say, "Well, things are changing. You got to look at those small guys." And then they're just cowards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they everyone never, wants to it, never, do it. want
1: to cover their asses, right? As someone said it to me <sighs> on Twitter, it's a good expression. It's you don't get fired. For missing on a 6'3 guy, but you do get fired for missing on a five-foot-seven guy but, with but your first pick.
2: But if you're an owner, if you're a team owner, like, would you not be going to your scouting department and saying, why do I pay you guys and why am I spending X millions of dollars a year on scouting no. when Alex Dobrynkit goes 39th or whatever, 42nd or whatever he did?
1: And we missed on him, and he's a forty goal scorer. And, now. And, and the guy a, had
2: two fifty goal seasons right. going yeah. into the draft. It wasn't
1: hindsight twenty twenty. I remember that draft. And we, were, yeah. we were all like, "What are they doing? Why is no yeah. one beginning to
2: bring?" It? And everybody's well, see, it's, yeah, it's the Connor McDavid thing, or it's the it's the Dylan Strome that was his centerman. Right. And now with with Caulfield, it's like it's like well, his center was Jack Hughes. Yeah. But it was funny. We we're talking to Caulfield after the draft, and this kid like has uh, has like n- n- so much confidence and swagger about him. Yeah. He goes, wow. I, I've been saying for a long time now that, you know, Jack Hughes wouldn't have had all those points without me. <laughs> he wouldn't have had all those assists without me. So he says, I can play yeah. with anyone, and I can make anyone better. So, yeah. I, I mean, that remains to be seen. Uh, but if it, if he's right, uh, yeah. Canadians are, Don't are looking him.
1: good. do bet against him. Exactly. And I'm going to go with Colorado Avalanche, not so much for the depth of their draft. And, Ryan, obviously, you're the guy who can really mm. mine the depth and, and look at those picks. But yes. I really like what what Colorado and Joe Sackick's team did in the first round. And at first, I was second-guessing when I saw them take Bowen Byram uh, I thought, well, Colorado, they're already loaded on defense, and this is a team that could add more forwards. The forward depth is a problem, but I think I understand now what they're doing. And I think Byram, to me, after him, there was a pretty big drop-off in terms of the quality of defensemen in the first round. So they went best available, I think, at four. Mm-hmm. In that case, it w- best available was a defenseman. And now they're buying themselves flexibility because Byram's a guy, maybe he's not NHL-ready this year, but it could be a year or two. And you've got this young defense core that has Connor Timmins if he's going to be healthy. Of course, Kale McCarr, who's mm-hmm. ready to be a Calder the trophy candidate. Next year, you have Samuel Girard, And suddenly the idea of trading Tyson Berry is not so scary. So the Avs have the ability to shop him and bring in a veteran forward. And it's also a really good year uh, in free agency. It's not a good class for defensemen, but it's a good, good class for forwards. So it might be better off. Colorado better off to stockpile the defenseman and then use the free agency or the trade market to get the forward that they need and also they have a second first round pick they get Alex Newhook, they add that after getting Martin Coutt last year in the first round so I continue to be impressed and it's funny it feels like a lifetime ago that we were criticizing Joe Sackick for kind of mm-hmm. sputtering, spinning his wheels in Colorado but for the last year and a half, two years I ever really since the, Ever
2: since the Duchesne the trade he's been, was he's, the been dominant. Been he's been killing
1: it yeah. exactly. and I,
2: I think too Matt like you don't... I just don't think you can draft for need in in any round at any position. Right. Like yeah. unless it's unless you have a gaping hole at center and the, and the next Connor McDavid comes along or whatever. But I, I just think you draft the best player available all the time. Like I mean, you can never there. There's a couple of things you can never have enough of. And one of them is good centerman, the other one is good defenseman. Yeah, like you can just like okay, so they so they're going to have a problem on their hands in four years. They're going to have too many good NHL defensemen. Right. Oh my god! Oh poor! Oh whoa is the Colorado yeah. Avalanche? Yeah. Like if that's the case, good for them. Yeah,
0: and you know, speaking of depth, I thought the Avs did really well throughout this draft. You know, you mentioned Byron and Newhook. Uh, you know, Drew Hellison from the NCDP. Big defenseman, very steady back there. Alex Bocage uh, just won the Memorial Cup with Ruan Naranda. They got a, uh, an in- interesting power forward in Matthew Steenberg, who played for St. Andrews College this year. He's going straight to Cornell, uh, like another former St. Andrews alum, Morgan Barron, who had a lot of success. So, and they got a goalie in Trent Minor late. So I, I like what Colorado did just as a whole, but I'm totally with you. That first round, they, they knocked it out of the park.
1: All right, so let's switch over to the losers, and Ryan, I will start with you.
0: Okay, and again, I'm taking uh, not the the worst because uh, I'm, I'm leaving it to to you guys. Yeah, we uh, need the
2: low hanging fruit. <laughs> need the you got you got it. Yeah. You got to yeah. do the stuff that's a little more. Yeah, that takes a little more digging.
0: <laughs> exactly, and and for my pick, the proviso here, of course, is that they just won the Stanley Cup, so it doesn't really matter. But the St. Louis Blues uh, didn't have a pick in the top sixty. They had five picks overall. They were okay. You know, Nikita Alexandrov was their first selection. He's got some decent goal-scoring punch. Um, the one player that I think might be kind of interesting is Kian Waskarak, uh, from the Mississauga Steelheads. They got him kind of late. He's a pretty feisty, undersized guy. I think he could maybe be, you know, a good little penalty. (laughs) Ken
1: and I are are laughing. (laughs) Is his last name Wash Crack? Wash Crack. Okay, (laughs) yeah. I know that Ken was laughing at that. Well, I'm
2: also laughing because you and I have been drinking out of the same (laughs) cup. That's part of the reason
1: because why I'm laughing. Well, you know, we are on the road together a lot. We're pals, yeah. So it's okay. we share yeah. cups and
0: beds and whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't think the blues were super impressive. But again, it doesn't matter because they're having, you know, they got to have a parade. And mission accomplished.
2: All right, all right. For me, the loser is Columbus because they only yes. had three picks and they picked three guys I'd never heard of,
0: and, and, one, of, and one of them the had, end. Yeah, and what the first guy they picked had a knee injury all year. Right, and yeah, he, played he played like five four games. games yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: and didn't they like they only had like two picks, and then they traded a third for two fourths or something, right?
1: Something like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that.
2: Like it was just it's just crazy. That's one of those ones where. Six years from now, we're going to look and go, oh, that's why they're so bad.
1: Yeah. You know? Fair. (laughs) Yeah. So Kenny, I'm going to talk so if you want to take some sips from our cup while yeah, I talk it's your, sounds turn. Good. It's your turn We both drink? drink from the yeah. same cup mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Edmonton and it sort of reminded me of how I felt when Montreal took uh, Yusperi Kotkaniemi last year and I, I know Kotkaniemi showed a lot of potential as a rookie but I still think they should have taken let's say Brady Kachuk in that spot as an example but I think Montreal got obsessed with need and they reached and didn't take best player available I think Edmonton this year made the same mistake with Philip Broberg who I think is a good prospect but Ryan mm-hmm. you could speak to it more but I think there was a pretty big drop-off, and I don't think Broberg, despite going in the top 10, would be on the same plane as a guy like Quinn Hughes in that tier in recent years. It's a really high-end defenseman drafted in recent years. Kale McCarr, Miro Heiskanen, the list goes on and on. And I think the Oilers passed on some really exciting forwards. For example, Cole Caulfield, uh, mm-hmm. It would have been really interesting to see playing with a Connor McDavid, a team that needs a lot of speed, and that yeah. would have allowed them to, you know, you draft a Caulfield, who you never know with his talent. There's nothing to say he doesn't have an amazing camp and he makes the team in year one or maybe year two. But Broberg is a guy that I think he's at least a year out, it might be two years out. And yes, it's okay in the long term, but I think the Oilers that are a team. While you have these prime years of McDavid, they're pretty anxious and their fan base is hungry to get this team to the playoffs sooner. So I think you've sort of delayed. Uh, The development by doing that, and it's okay. I think Broberg. There's a good chance he's a solid defenseman, but I just think the Oilers they overthought it and they were thinking too much about need with that pick. Mm. It's it's funny
2: that you mentioned with Cole Caulfield, maybe he has a good camp and makes a team in year one. Well, he he is committed to the University of Wisconsin, which would mean he can't go to training camp. But he has to, however, no, but 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 there but there's something to all of this. Um, uh, If if I were the Sioux Greyhounds, first of all, it's Kyle Raftis. I would be phoning. I would be phoning Cole Caulfield every day and seeing if he would be interested in playing in the Sioux next season because this is a kid that I I believe wants to be in the NHL as soon as he can mm-hmm. and, and would be happy to go to training camp and get signed and go to training camp and try and make the mm. team. Um, it, you know, I mean, it, you could just tell from talking to him. Um, it, you know... I'm told he didn't make it through the NCAA clearinghouse the first time around. He had to do it the second time around. So so school's obviously, and that's okay. School yeah. is not a huge priority for the guy. Mm-hmm. But the clincher was, somebody asked the kid, what are you majoring in next season at Wisconsin? And he turned and he looked at the guy and he said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So here's a kid who wants to play in the NHL as soon as yeah. he can. I don't know if he's ready to play in the American League this year. Yeah. Or maybe he's ready to play in the I don't know, but but there's I think there's I don't think this this is all this story's finished yet. Mm. I think they're gonna wait and see what they have at development camp. And I, I you know, chances are he's still gonna go back to Wisconsin, which wouldn't mean he can't even go to training camps. Yeah, yep. of course. But I don't think this is done yet. Mm.
0: And going back to Broberg, I think it's an interesting scenario where there's a lot of raw upside with him because of his size, because of his skating ability. Uh, you know, he put up some some pretty good points this year. He still needs to work out a lot of other details in his game. But for Edmonton, there were a lot of rumblings that Vancouver was also very hot on Broberg. So I wonder if Edmonton was kind of thinking like. Uh, we better take him you, know, you never know what can happen uh, you know, He's not going to be available Obviously in the second round And um, you know, we, This is the guy we want So let's grab him Especially with Mort Sider going off the board at 6 uh, you know, Obviously Edmonton wasn't going to trade down And think that they could still get their guy Because they knew at least one other team was in on him But I, I do think he's the type of player That's going to need 2 or 3 years To round out his game And, and that's obviously fine Particularly with a defenseman but I, I, I see your point about Edmonton uh, you know, maybe overthinking that in the short term. And the, uh, the one thing about the draft that we have to say now is,
2: I don't know who he is, but there's some guy that was picked in the seventh round. Right. Or is playing junior A for the Lacombe, Alberta, whatever they are's. And no scout even knows who this guy is right now. And that guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And
1: one of them just won the Norris Trophy. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Drafted yeah. Mark yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, a lot of trades happened, especially on day two of the draft. The biggest one, of course, was PK Subban, who's now a New Jersey devil. And you look what Nashville gets back Steven Santini, Jeremy Davies, 2020 second rounder, 2019 second rounder. I think if and you $9 asked, million. <laughs> dollars and $9 million, dollars, right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you ask David Poyle, what did you get for PK Subban? I think he'd say, "Uh, what? why don't you? Tell me what I got for PK Subban. I don't think he even, you might not even remember the package that he got. Yeah. A guy like Steven Santini, he was a decent prospect literally five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's clear, this was a trade. So, whoever the Predators are going to sign, uh, let's say it's Matt, Matt Duchesne, Duchesne. Yep. I think, we have, to think yeah, we have to think of the trade as PK Subban for Matt Duchesne. Mm-hmm. Agreed?
2: No, no. Um, I, th- I, I think this is a salary dump, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. And the the part that that I can't reconcile is the fact that it's not like PK Suban wasn't the problem in Nashville. They didn't have they didn't dump PK Suban's nine million dollar salary because of PK Suban. They dumped PK Suban's nine million dollar salary because Ryan Johansson is at eight million for the next six years and Kyle Touris is at six million for the next six years. Mm-hmm. That's the problem in yeah. San Jose. Nashville. And, or sorry, Nashville, sorry, Nashville. That's the problem in Nashville, not PK Subban. Mm-hmm. So to me, and I said this in my blog on Saturday, I'm starting to think, you know, like, you know, we love that David Poyle makes all these trades and he goes out and he's the cowboy, as you call him, and makes all these blockbuster trades and shakes things up, but where does it get him?
1: Right. It's where it's does it get, Jones where it get him? Where does like, it get him? Where does it
2: get him? It makes them a team that's pretty good, but not good enough ever. Yeah. which has always been the case. And, and so to me, I don't know. I mean, to me, it was it was clearly a salary dump. They are clearing the decks for probably Matt Duchesne. So in that constant effort to take a second line center and try and make them your first line center, that's what they're going to do again, maybe. Yeah. I don't know they're any further ahead. In fact, I don't think they are. And David Poyle said himself after the draft, you can't argue that we're not as good a team now as we were yesterday, which yeah. they aren't.
0: Yeah. And I mean, they, they also clear space because they are going to have to re sign Roman Yossi. Correct. Uh, and his salary is going to at least double. He's somehow only making $4 million. PK well, PK's right at now.
2: nine. There's, there's, the, there's your benchmark. There's right your there. benchmark, yeah. yeah.
0: And I, I will say for Preds fans that are kind of losing their minds right now. Jeremy Davies is a pretty good prospect. I, I'm not saying he's going to be Subban, but this is a kid that was completely unheralded uh, heading into college, and then he ripped it up for Northeastern. Mm. You know, he's, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's so mobile. He's so good with the puck. He was a point-per-game player this year with the Huskies, and that's pretty good for a defenseman. Yeah. So I thought they got a pretty good prospect there. But on the other hand, they lost. I mean, Pique PK was Suvin.
2: PK was a fourth round pick. PK Suvan was a fourth round pick. So yeah. when you talk about this guy, yep. yeah. like chances are, if you go with the odds and you go with, you know, the, the clear the, math. the yeah. math, kid's probably never going to play a game in the NHL. Yeah. But
1: who but knows? Maybe he who knows?
2: Maybe right. he, maybe yeah. he'll be great.
1: Yeah. And the Predators also are, they're clearing space on their roster for a first round pick, which is Dante Fabro, who is a right shot who can play in the top four, I think is ready for those bigger minutes. Mm. And I think, so from a hockey standpoint, the trade made perfect sense. It was clear there was a surplus on defense. Nashville's offense was really hurting at forward. So you knew that one of the big four between Ellis Atko and Yossi Subban was going to go. Even Subban himself, like a month ago, said, I make the most money, I'm most likely to go. So I don't have a problem with the fact that he got traded. Uh, But it is fair to say that the return is underwhelming. And the, the weird thing with PK is... You know, do we need to read between the lines? And I hate to talk about it because yep. I always think he gets yep. a bad rap. But the the reputation the of not always clashing with teammates mm-hmm. does follow him around mm-hmm. at times. So does that break the tide? Is that is that why Nashville is willing to take what might have been a lowball offer to get rid of him? I don't know. Well, they were going to get they were going to get one of two things. They were either going to
2: get they were either going to retain salary and get something good back, or wipe the entire thing off the books and get nothing. So. Mm-hmm they they opted for the latter, right? So you, you couldn't have it both ways with with PK. but I mean, come on guys like, <laughs> three years ago, David Poyle traded for PK Subban. He traded Shea Weber for PK Subban. There's not a person in the world that's going to tell me right now that when he made that trade three years ago, he figured he was going to trade him three years later for nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Not a uh, chance. When he traded for PK Subban three years ago, he thought he was going to have him as his, one of his
1: cornerstone defensemen for the next six years. Yeah. And it didn't turn out. That and right. they did. They did reach a Stanley Cup they final did. and they win did. a president's trophy they during did. his time. Yep. But, yeah. uh, one little side too for you know we're not doing a lot of fantasy talk right now but P.K. Subban in my opinion gets a nice boost to his fantasy value going to New Jersey because he's not fighting the Ryan Ellis and Ekholm and Yossi all those guys have offensive ability Subban did get power play time but there was always competition there Right. and New Jersey he's going to be the man and it's yeah. possible the Devils have the, the option if they really want to they can stack their power play you could put let's say Kyle Palmieri on defense you could put Hall Heischer and Jack Hughes and load it up and have a pretty yeah. exciting five man unit but whatever they're going to do I think it's clear that the Devils offense is going to be a lot better this year, and Suman they traded for him to use him, so he's going to get all the opportunities in the world. Absolutely. Would not be surprising to me if he set a career high in points this year. Uh, next trade to talk about uh, another one that's really financially motivated, of course. Patrick Marlowe goes to the Carolina Hurricanes uh, along with a 2026 round pick, and Carolina gets a 2020 conditional first rounder from the Leafs and a 2020 seventh rounder. It's pretty clear what's going on here, right? Carolina likely to buy out Marlo, even though they're the, going to they're going to pitch to him. No, don't, I'm doing air quotes right now. No, no, don't do the air quotes.
2: Don Waddell wants him. He right. said he said it. He, he flat out told me, uh-huh. I want this guy. But uh. does Marlo?
1: Is I mean, if Marlo? No, no, to no. But no. Okay, family, so that
2: that's where the air quotes yes. come in. That right. they're going
1: to yeah, pitch him. Yeah, but, yeah they're
2: going to pitch him, and they and they want him. Yeah. So if they can convince him to stay. You know, he – and who knows? Who knows what what they'll be able to do. But they don't – their intent is not to buy him out. Their intent Mm. is to keep him. And if he makes it clear, look, I'm not interested, then they will buy him out, in which case
1: they paid $3.8 million for a first-round pick. Mm -hmm. And that's I think that will be the scenario in the end because the very reason why he was open to leaving Toronto, I think the problem isn't solved if you go to Carolina. Your family's still on the other coast. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, you know, we know what the Leafs are doing here, right? They're clearing the space and they've just – significantly helped their ability to sign Kapanen and Andreas Janssen. It looks like the two of their pits are going to both be bridge deals. Uh, they're not officially signed at the time of recording this podcast. But uh, the question is, is there going to be enough money now? Have they successfully freed up the money
0: for Mitch Marner now? I, I, think, they, I think they have it. For me, it's like, oh, man. A first round? Why does Kyle Dubas hate first rounders? Yeah, this is, he this didn't is, have
2: one this year. do you not know have one next year. Go ahead, go
0: ahead, Ryan, but I want to
2: say something after. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it just seems like, man, that was a hefty price to get rid of Patrick Marlowe. And I get it, you got to sign Marner. I wonder if they're thinking that with this move they can also bring back Jake Gardner. I, obviously things are going to be tight, but if you have a couple of entry-level guys on the roster, particularly on your bottom defense core, maybe you can swing it. But for me it's just like woo that's that's a heavy price
2: yeah this is the kind of thing in my opinion that you start to deconstruct later on and you go okay oh that's why because <laughs> he traded his first round pick for Jake Muzzin. he traded his first round pick to get rid of to get rid of uh, Marlow. Uh, Pat, Patrick Marlow and you know I mean they're they're thinking you know it's going to be somewhere between the 23rd and If everything goes absolutely perfectly the 31st pick right next year so but it just to me all we heard about when brendan Shanahan came on board with the shanna plan and mike babcock and everything was we're not doing this anymore we're not doing this anymore Mm. we're going to build this team we're going to build it from in within we're going to build it with draft picks we're going to do it the right way we're going to have patience and now what we're seeing is they're dumping first round picks and that is not a team that is adhering to that kind of a plan and i mean they're going to be good we know that they've got some great players and they've got the potential to keep them but I, i just see them going down a road where you know you get to be really good and then you start making trades like this And then when things, the bottom starts to fall out, you look back and you go, oh, okay, that's where, you know?
1: (laughs) See, it's interesting. I, I actually don't agree in this case because I think the Leafs, they did it, right? They got Morgan Riley, the previous regime in 2012. Uh, Goche, we'll forget about Freddie Goche, but they got Neilander in 2014 they got Marner in 2015 they got Matthews in 2016 they got Sandine in 2018 yeah last year yep. last and, year and, and 2017 year. And and in and 2017. 2017 so they, they did more than half a decade of using all those first round picks and then you reach a, a point where your franchise matures and then you mold into contender mode and then the shoes on the other foot and then you start moving your first round picks Pittsburgh did it Chicago did it LA did it that's why all three of those teams you know they won a combined mm-hmm. uh, what eight cups. In, during this era, right? Um, or, or nine, I guess you count Pittsburgh winning winning three. And they were built that way, right? Top-heavy roster, big star power, all built through the draft. And they stocked up those first-rounders, and then they got to franchise maturity, became contenders. And that's when you start trading the first-rounders because it's time. It's time to go for it. So I think the Leafs are just going into that mode. I wouldn't say that they have mortgaged it away because they have all those young guys, and that's the foundation of their team. Even Nazem Kadri was a first-round pick as well. Uh, but I, I think the problem that Dubas is running into is, I think that he has gotten himself into trouble with his melt. And what I mean is he was very public in promising the day they signed John Tavares, I will keep this core together. I will keep this group. And it's almost like he's obsessed with staying true to that word at all costs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, really, the smart thing to do would be, let's say, to shop William Nealander because of, of his salary compared to, you know, uh, what Janssen and Kapanen are going to make. Yeah. They're, combined, they're going to make as much as, as Nylander. But he made the promise. He made the promise to Tavares. And when they re-signed Nylander, he said, I'm not going to trade you, right? And he was very public about that. So it's it's like he's trying to not break his own word and it's it's limiting the the flexibility in terms of who you're willing to put on the block they yeah. lie all the time though so he should just trade them I and mean, just
2: i'm sorry yeah, gms I lied. in general sorry
0: i lied yeah i'm sorry i lied to you things change
2: i told you i wasn't going to trade you but you know what i have to so yeah goodbye
0: my problem <laughs> is that they're, they're not really getting anything for Marlow, I, I like. I know they're getting cap space, but that's no guarantee of
2: no, future that, anything. But that is a commodity. Cap a commodity. space is a
0: huge commodity. But you know, Matt, when you when you mentioned those teams, they all won Stanley Cups, and you know, and then to keep it going, they were making moves where they're bringing in guys yeah, and, and trying to keep the party going. Whereas the Leafs are just losing. Yeah, they're not at the party, guys. Yet. Yeah, they're and they're not.
2: Cup. And they're not. They're not. They're not any of those teams. They're not any of those teams. Not like, yet. Like we just watched the playoffs, guys. <laughs> We just watched the Stanley Cup final, the conference final it's
1: big boy hockey and the Leafs don't play big boy hockey. They it's just interesting, don't. too, and I asked—I was with Matthews last week uh, when he got announced as the EA Sports cover guy, and I, and I asked him, uh, I said, well, do you ever get encouraged? You know, Boston went to Game 7 in the final, and, you know, you guys took them to 7, so what if you were the third best team in the playoffs? And he, he was like, no, I, I, I was discouraged by it, and we're, you know, we're not, we no—we haven't progressed enough, so it sounds like he's on your right, side. Right, right, yeah. and, and, I mean, I, I keep hearing people say, oh, what if
2: they had been able to beat Boston? Well, they would have gotten beaten by Columbus. That's what would happen. Yeah, Very possible. In my opinion. Yeah, I don't think that that means that just because Boston went to the final, the
1: Leafs would have gone to the final.
2: Yeah.
1: Continuing our talk about the draft day trades from last weekend, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are able to unload JT Miller to the Vancouver Canucks for Merrick Mazenek, 2013 third round pick, and a 2020 conditional first round pick. And I guess the main question I have for you guys is, am I being too harsh by saying unload? We know from Tampa's end what they're doing because they're trying to free up space to re-sign RFA Braden Point, but... From Vancouver's perspective are they getting something of value I mean JT Miller he was a first-round pick when he was a New York Ranger he's a power forward he's been inconsistent he can play the wing or center is he gonna be a useful piece for the Canucks I think so and 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 you say unload right like again I'll go
2: back to the the, the PK Subban argument like when they traded for JT Miller at the and, and Ryan McDonough at the uh, trade deadline in 2018 I, I don't think it was with the intention of flipping him for again not nothing, but no roster players. Yeah. You know, nothing. Nothing that guarantees them anything back. Yeah. So I think there's a couple of functions here. Obviously, the Braden point, and they they. It looks like they want to keep Tyler Johnson. So now you've got no. You know, now you've gotten rid of the the six point two five for Miller, and you know, and and then you know. Ryan Callahan, darn it, came up with one of those darn injuries yep. at the worst, best possible time. <laughs> Roberto <Longo> next. <laughs> yep. and so, so now you now suddenly you can, you know, you can get Braden Point under contract. Mm-hmm. You can probably keep Tyler Johnson, which I think was what they wanted to do all <laughs> along. So uh, it's a kind of a win for them uh, because they give up something that they. You know, I mean, JT Miller's good, but it's not somebody that's crucial to their whole plan, right? Yeah,
0: and he'll help Vancouver, but it kills me that the Canucks had to give up a first first. rounder. It's like the Leafs had to give up a first rounder to get rid of Patrick Marlowe's cap space. Tampa gets a first rounder for getting rid of JT Miller's cap space. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, again, Miller's a, a pretty serviceable, like, middle nine forward, and, you know, pretty big body so he'll help out you know the the Canucks um you know because they are pretty young there but like why does Vancouver have to give up a first rounder I don't get it like you're helping
2: Tampa Bay out it's top 10 protected in 2020
0: yeah but it's not not top
2: 10 protected in 2021 I don't think I mean it was conditional
0: yeah yeah you can't and so if they
2: suck for the next two years which who knows right yeah you might be talking about a pretty
1: hype
0: Yeah, that that's a, for me. It's a bad trade for the Canucks because, like, if this was the trade deadline and someone was like JT Miller for a first rounder, you'd be like, eh, "No, thank you." Yeah, no, like a third or a second. Yeah, yeah maybe a second. Yeah, sure. Be, yeah, so it's like, yeah. how come when you have hand? You got to give up the first rounder. Yeah, you're the Doesn't rebuilder. Just, you're the rebuilding team. Yeah.
1: Why are you trading the first yeah. round? Miller. The tough thing with Miller too. It's, it's which version of, of him are you getting? Because there's the JT Miller that I think he had 19 points in 20 games after the deadline, playing on the line with Stamkos and Kucherov. If you get that JT Miller, does he click playing on a left wing with Pedersen and Besser on the right side mm-hmm. super line? Maybe he's shown he has the ability to produce in spurts, but there's also the J.T. Miller that was demoted to the fourth line here and there, right? And if you get that J.T. Miller, then the trade's going to look pretty bad, especially given his price. So it's a a wait and see, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The biggest trade was one that happened actually before the draft, just after we recorded the previous podcast. Jacob Truba is a New York Ranger. He goes to to Broadway, uh, and going to the Jets is Neil Pionk and a 2019 first-rounder. I know it's tough because it sounds like, based on a personal level, with Truba wanting to accommodate his wife, there weren't many options for the Jets. But am I crazy to think that this is a pretty weak return, especially for a Jets team that is a contender? Mm -hmm. You just gutted your lineup for Neil Pionk, who, you know, he Yeah, he has moments with the Rangers, but sure. he's and probably they, just a guy. And the Winnipeg Jets did have an option. Their option would have been to
2: take him to arbitration on a one-year deal this year and keep him there, mm. and and do what essentially what the Columbus Blue Jackets did. Okay, you don't want to be here, Jacob. We get it. We get it. You don't want to be here, but you're going to be here for one more year, right. and we're going to try and win a Stanley Cup,
0: yeah. right?
2: And you're and going to be part of that. And then after that year is over, you are free to go wherever you want and do whatever you want, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, that was their option, mm-hmm. and they chose not to take it. They must really like Neil Pionk.
0: Yeah, and I'll I'll be the silver lining guy here. Uh, Neil Pionk, I, I think he's a, a pretty decent defender. Um, on, a, on Winnipeg, he could be a very good third-pairing guy just because they are so deep. But I think he could also play on their second pairing, no problem. Also, now that the draft has happened— Winnipeg got Vili Hainala, the defenseman with that 20th pick. I really like Mm Hainala. Multiple scouts from Europe that work for NHL teams told me he's like a poor man's Miro Heskinen. I've heard the same thing. And even a poor man's Miro Heskinen is pretty great. You know, Hainala has excellent hockey sense. He's not the greatest skater in the world, but he has time. He's already played for one world junior team, albeit he got injured uh, against Canada en route to gold, so he didn't play most of the medal round. But this is good with a lot of upside. So if if you're Winnipeg and you're kind of tearing your hair out right now, I think you say, "Well, you know what? We got two pretty decent young defensemen for one guy that never really fit in." Fair. Okay. That's the, that's the positive yep. spin for All it. All
1: right, I like it. I think that's a good okay. way to look at it. Uh, So let's switch gears now. We have free agency, unrestricted free agency coming next week. And in just a couple days, we're going to start seeing the negotiation window open up for the UFAs. So let's sort of do a lightning round and look at some of the biggest names that are still available and kind of project the best fits. Okay, Mm -hmm. So we'll start with Matt Duchesne. So I'll kick it off. Uh, Nashville is is the easy choice, of course. If Nashville, for some reason, doesn't work out, I would love to see the Buffalo Sabres take a run at Matt Duchesne because I think it's pretty clear that their roster that that lineup was gutted I think that Kevin Hayes would have been a really nice fit for them too I think I wouldn't be surprised if they were upset that they couldn't get a chance to target a Kevin Hayes because Patrick Berglund didn't work out they really missed Ryan O'Reilly um, and they have the cap space the Sabres have the cap space that's why it was no big deal to sign Jeff Skinner they still have the cap space Uh, So that would be my pick for Matt Duchesne if Nashville doesn't work out.
0: I like that. I I, I was just going to say Nashville, but I like your Buffalo theory because it's one of the closest destinations to his home. To Halliburton. Halliburton. And he's very close. With his parents, so I could see them making the drive down to Buffalo, like thirty out of forty-one home games.
2: No, forty-one out of forty-one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they, would they would do it. Yeah, his he, dad, his dad used to drive him around trip two hours every day just to get extra ice time when he was a kid. These these yeah. people will go to Buffalo. Don't worry.
1: There you go.
2: Um, it is Nashville, obviously. That's that's the fit. Um, that's all I'm gonna say because <laughs> yeah. because I I no, because
1: wait, do you know something?
2: Kate? No, no, I don't. Oh. I know what I'm saying is is that. You know, we may be talking about Matt Duchesne as not the greatest signing in the history of signings <laughs> someday. I Maybe. mean, he had, what What do he have, 70 points last year? I um, don't you know, know what his I final mean, I mean, was. Matt Duchesne could have 90 points next year. He could also have 14 goals and 38 and 40, 40, 45 points. Don't you think? Like, that could happen. Yeah. He's, I mean, his whole career has yeah, been rollercoaster. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, so... Wish okay, go to Nashville. Bring your guitar with you. Have a good time, and they'll yeah. love you there. And yeah. and, and oh. as I said earlier, you know, be another second line center who's trying to be a first line center.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, now let's do Panarin and Bobrovsky. Let's do them together. Unless unless the hot take is they're not going to the same place. Well, let's yeah. start. Do we, we want to just
0: all want to say it at the same time? Yeah. yeah.
1: One, two, three. Florida. Tampa Bay. What? No. <laughs> Tampa Bay. No, Florida. Oh, not the right state. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So we think that's happening, right? Anything we oh, been yeah. told, yeah. or yeah, yeah, no, any, yeah, no. Actually, 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 I
2: was, I was speaking with someone from Florida yeah. in their in their organization, and he said, "No secrets with us. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows what we're going to try and do." Yeah. <laughs> so
1: mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's interesting. I, I know there's been talk of the New York Rangers. Uh, Panarin, but I, I don't think it's time for them to get aggressive. But then again, I also said that when it came to trading for Jacob Trouba. So what mm-hmm. the hell do I know? All right. <laughs> so I think, and, and I also think that Nashville—you can't count out Nashville if they miss on Duchene. I mean, Nashville could pursue Panarin as well. That would be a great mm-hmm. trip for them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No major body of water there, but I feel like everyone, every Panera discussion involves the body of water. The ocean. It does, it it's does. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wants the ocean breeze. Yeah. Uh, what about Joe Pavelski? This is an interesting one. It's been in the news a lot because of the Eric Carlson contract, and now, of course, Joe Thornton at the awards talking about that he doesn't want to stop playing. And it's hard to imagine Joe Thornton playing anywhere but San Jose. So does Doug Wilson choose Thornton over Pavelski? Uh, does it matter? Either way, is there not enough money now in San Jose for Pavelski because you've got Timo Meyer and Kevin LeBanc needing new deals. Uh, So I I do think it's it's fair to talk about Pavelski going somewhere else, so where do you think would be the best fits?
0: I have kind of a dark horse candidate, and it's the Rangers. Mm. I think that, and I agree with you, Matt, you don't want to sort of kick things into overdrive when you've done so much good building, but because they have the cap space, I look at Pavelski and I see a true leader in every sense of the word, a veteran, a guy who can still produce... But you put him in an environment with a lot of young guys who who need to learn the NHL lifestyle and just being a professional. He seems like the perfect fit there. And for him, you know, it's like okay, you're you're probably not going to be going for a Stanley Cup next year, but you give it a couple of years, and you know, if Kako becomes a superstar, if Adam Fox, you know, gets up to his potential, if Kravtsov gets to his potential. I mean it's all there you know is Shesterkin's going to come in uh, as goalie in a couple of seasons I mean, there's some really nice elements there if he's patient, and I, I just think it's a place where he can get his money, and he can have a really good role, and he, w- he would be a good fit. And have just a fun old time And why NYC. Yeah, why not? It's
2: Manhattan. Well, you ask what the best the best fit is, and I, I still believe the best fit is San Jose for this guy, mm-hmm. for the team, for him, for everybody. Like, what are you telling your fans if you let him go? I mean, he had 64 points last year, almost a, almost a career year. 38 goals. Uh, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, and, but... but but, you know he is 37 years old Um, so I mean to me you know a couple of years at a reduced salary um you know i, I mean do you really want to see your your captain and, and a guy who's been in your organization since day one go off somewhere else mm-hmm. when you've got when when your whole sort of culture has been built around something that he had a enormous hand in creating mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i i just think you got to make it work somehow you got to make it work and and you know quite frankly if it is if it is a choice between Joe Pavelski and Joe Thornton, it's
1: not even I mean you it's should... Not, it's yeah, it's not
2: even close in my mind. That's a tough one. I mean No, I mean, it's not in my it, mind. It's it not it's be. not it's not even close in my mind. It's not it's not even close. And I agree
1: it should like, be, but that yeah, might not be the reality just because right, of right. hockey. Yeah.
2: But so. but you're right, you're right. And, and 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 it will be a tough choice. But if you look,
0: yeah. It's not. Would, would it's you, not. Would Joe take the league like with Big Joe take the league minimum to keep it all together? Yeah, that's the question yeah. and I do
1: think Pavelski would probably have to take a pay cut or at least let's say so his, his past contract was a 6 million dollar AAV I think on the open market somebody's going to offer him more than that Like based on what say you know what James henry like got last year and didn't score as many goals as Pavelski scored this year I wouldn't be surprised the if age, some team, the age. I, know, I know the age but yeah. still on a short term deal though, I think yeah, he yeah, get yeah. a 7 million dollar AAV on let's say a 3 year deal mm-hmm. um, and I, I'd like to see him go to Colorado I think Colorado is a perfect fit for him it's a team that's on the rise it's a team that pushed his own team very hard in the playoffs. Uh, The Avs, they really need help on their second line. They really need a veteran. They need a guy who can play center or wing, can help the power play. Leadership can do a bit of everything and just give them that dangerous element so that you're not stacking everything on Nathan McKinnon's shoulders. And then you you can either keep the big line together because you have Pavelski driving the second line, or you can split them into two groups of two. You can Mm -hmm. have a line with, you know, Rantanen and McKinnon. You could have Landeskog and Pavelski on another line with, you know, whoever, Comfort, Perfect going over to center just gives you a lot of options. And I think just based on where Colorado is, they have a lot of cap space. They've been very patient. And I think they're in a position now where they can start getting aggressive. And And I think Colorado, I've said it before, I think they're a real sleeper for next year. Uh, next up is Anders Lee And this is a weird one Because uh, all leading up to free agency At the end of the season yeah. I thought Lee was going to be the first guy The Islanders take care of Because he's their captain And all of a sudden you know, Brock Nelson's signed Jordan Everly signed And Anders Lee doesn't have a deal yet And Neither does Robin Lehner Neither does Robin yeah, Lehner you know, It feels like I mean, they're doing it backwards Yeah, yeah Right uh, yeah. Yeah. And there, there's, there still is the cap space But it's getting a little close to the 11th hour here So do you guys think that Lee is going to be an Islander still? I
0: do Yeah, I do I do I do. And and
1: that's the best best fit for him, too.
0: Yeah, I was on Long Island not too long ago speaking with Lee and and a couple of those other guys. Well, all of those guys, actually, uh, just about the team and the, the culture that has come under Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz. And, you know, Lee was really touched being named captain of that team and, and the process was essentially that Trotz and Lamorello kind of took the temperature of the team, asked for some leadership candidates Not they didn't say who's the next captain, they said who's you know who's a leader on this team give, give us a couple of names and then from there they decided that Lee was the guy and that meant a lot to him he's very invested in the community does a lot of charitable work and it, it just feels like that's his home away from home and I think uh, they did kind of do it backwards, but I, I almost feel, but it's because they have the confidence and the trust of Lee and Laner, where it's like, okay, guys, like we've all been through a lot together. It's all mm-hmm. been very positive. Eberle, Nelson, we got them locked down. We're bringing everybody back. Our captain and our breakout goaltender, you guys got to be with us, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I just think I, that's, that's. I, how it I is.
2: wonder. I wonder if if. Um... If Laner isn't going to be the tougher the tougher one for them to get done than Lee, I really do. I really wonder about that because you know you look at the Laner situation. Okay, he comes in, he gets this chance, right? Mm-hmm. When virtually no one, a lot of teams wouldn't have touched him, right? Yep. So he gets this chance. He plays for one point five, but then he performs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure the Islanders want to overpay here. Because, you know, I mean, okay, so he won the Jennings Trophy, he won the mastered, and he was very, very good this year in a role where the other guy was just as good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom Smith so, really so was if, just So if as you're, you're going to pay, like, are you going to pay $6 million to a guy who's only going to play 48 games? Is that a good use of your cap space? Is, this, is that a good use of your money? Maybe, yep. but I'm not 100% sure it is, and I'm not 100% sure that the islanders think it might be that too but who knows maybe maybe they think now okay robin obviously robin Lehner's on a great path personally yeah he's just picked up all this confidence he's awards everything maybe he gets the net next year and maybe he's the 60 game guy and 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 you go from there but i think he's going to be the the tougher one for them to figure out than anders lee i mean anders lee's their captain their leader their are you know 50 to 60 point guy you know, that's, an, that's a fairly easy one. This other one's a little, like, it's a bit murkier
1: in my uh, opinion. And I do wonder if, if Leonard might be willing to take sort of a, a, I don't know what the word is, like an appreciation discount because right. the Islander sort of helped save his career and also right. he got his life back on track. So it would feel like a betrayal almost for him to leave. And I feel like that, even just from a mental health standpoint, he's in a really good place, literally in a yeah. Place yeah, yeah I don't yeah. think you want to mess with that.
2: Now. Well, yeah, history would dictate, though, that that, Loyalty doesn't usually materialize because you're, you know, he's 28 years old. Yeah, this he's is got a chance, to and, make and, it, and and, and even, like like this is this is his lottery ticket, right? Oh, like this yeah. is this is his this is the contract that's going to set him up forever. Yeah, right. If you could go so
0: five million over like three or four years. Yeah, and you get to stay in the community where right. you feel safe. Right off the ice mentally, right. which yeah, yeah. Laner does there. Yeah, I, I I mean I can't speak for him, but it seems like. If you're in a situation where you know it works for your lifestyle sure, and you can still get paid pretty well, is that the sort of discount right, you're right, talking right, about? Right,
1: right. And if we're talking sleepers, um, Andrews Lee, if it doesn't work out, and he did speak this week to the media, he wasn't being completely committal that he's going to be an Islander. Like, Leonard was more committal to staying than Lee was in their mm-hmm. public comments. Mm-hmm. you got to look at his hometown. The Minnesota Wild, I think, yeah. would be the backup option if Lee isn't an Islander, then I would predict that the Wild take
2: him on it in for Bingham. And then goodbye Jason Zucker.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: And it's, it might be goodbye, Jason. I think anyways, and, and and it may very well be. So yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It seems like I mean now now that that the Kessel trade was sort of outed, it seems like. They clearly are trying to move Zucker, and right, right. It would be a surprise now if it didn't happen. Um, so to wrap it up today, let's let's each name a guy who we think is going to get overpaid. And that's not to insult the player; it's more just we're talking market value. So paid more than let's say he was worth on his previous deal, or what his projected value should be. Mm. Maybe that's the best way to put it. So sure. who's your overpay pick for unrestricted UFA agency? Yeah, all of them. <laughs> Seriously,
2: <laughs> you're right. That. Yeah, <laughs> No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I know I've been harping on this, but I'm going back to Matt Duchesne. Yeah. he's gonna get ten and a half Ooh. because of what the market has, wow. has, has said. Yeah. Don't you think? I mean, Kevin, Kevin is, is, gets Yeah, it's yeah. Kevin. You're like, yeah. come on, you know. So. That's an overpay for Matt Duchesne, in mm. my opinion.
0: I'm going to go Michael Furland, um, yep. especially getting, considering he's a bargain right now. But because he's a power forward and it's really hard to find those guys now, I think there's going to be a premium on his services. And good for Michael Furland.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to say Tyler Myers. And again, I've said it before, it's 40-60. 40% of defensemen roughly in the NHL are righties right now. He's mobile for his size. He's a right shot. There's a premium. The top rightie's already gone. Eric Carlson, the top right on the market is now Tyler Myers so just based on demand that's going to drive his price mm-hmm. up and I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up actually getting a raise over his five I think he makes five and a half million now uh, give or take and he's going to be I think in the six range on his next deal wouldn't surprise me at all uh, so he's my pick for the overpaid guy mm-hmm. uh, and now who's your steal Who, who's somebody you think is going to outperform whatever they sign for that's available right now
0: I'm going to go Matt Zuccarello
1: you I- took Michael Ah, you (laughs) took you took my water.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because I mean he didn't get a really long look in Dallas because of the injury, so I think he might be a little under the radar. And he's not, you know, he's not young, but he's not super old either. But I I just think that he's the type of guy that he's just always going to get like fifty-five to sixty points. And I don't know if the market's going to appreciate his skill set as much as it should.
2: Okay, don't laugh when I say this. Okay, don't laugh. Mm. Corey Perry.
0: I get it. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Because he's going to sign for very little money. Mm -hmm. He's probably going to sign for not a great team. uh, And he's going to get a lot of ice time. He's going to get a lot of opportunities. He's going to get a lot of power play time. He's going to be very motivated Mm -hmm. to prove people wrong. Um, And, you know, I mean, this is relative to what they make. So I'm not saying Corey Perry's going to score 85 points this year. But if he signs for... You know, million. 2 million and
1: scores 50. Yeah. You know, that's pretty go- that's pretty good. And if you're Corey Perry, do you consider signing a one-year deal one-year deal on a bad team to prove yourself, get traded to a contender at the deadline because people would want, "Oh, Corey Perry is the depth piece for their third line." Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right. then you have a good playoff and then you get a multi-year deal, you know, in the yeah. summer at a much higher price? Okay. I yeah. Consider yeah. that. If I yeah. That's intriguing. Yeah. Or you just
0: retire? Yeah, yeah, you never know. <laughs> you a deadline Whitaker. Don't you think?
2: Yeah. Oh, after this year, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. but he strikes me as one of those Joe kind of guys, Joe yeah. Thornton kind of guys.
0: Yeah. Like Joe Thornton, Joe
2: Thornton. It's not. He says he wants to play another five years. That's not going to be pretty at the end. And he's going to be one of those guys that's going to have thirty-one or now thirty-two or maybe by that time thirty-three teams yeah. tell him no.
1: Right.
0: It's
2: over. But imagine
0: <laughs> how long his beard will be by then. Yeah.
1: It'll be like ZZ Top. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, my steal You know, it's funny. I might have I might have painted myself into a corner with this because I was talking about the premium. Even though Jake Gardner's a lefty, but oh, it's a weak market, unrestricted free agent market for defensemen. Gardner now with Carlson gone, Gardner is probably the best defenseman available. So that will drive his price up. I'm saying he's still going to be a steal. But what I mean is, mm. if he lands in the right environment, uh, all of his underlying numbers, you know, the, uh, he has the highlight reel turnovers, and he's an emotional player, and it clearly got the best of him a few times this season. But the numbers were always there; they're always good. He's a driver of play in a positive way. He's at least adequate defensively, and he's very positive driver offensively. So in the right situation, on the right team, where he's feeling less pressure, whether I don't know, like I picture him going to. Let, an Arizona type place, okay? Uh, I think you could see him have his best numbers of his career, maybe even a 60-point season if he gets enough minutes and power play time Mm -hmm. because the talent has never been a problem. The skating has never been a problem. He's a good passer. He does a lot of things well on the ice and if he just gets into an environment where he can kind of hide from all the spotlight, it could just totally turn around his career in my opinion. But we don't know that he's going to end up in a non pressure market, because there's been talk of him maybe coming back to Toronto or going to Vancouver. And I think if you go to sometimes mm-hmm. those small Canadian markets can be even worse because there's not the distraction of it, let's say, having the Raptors. Right? Oh, Van- Van- Vancouver. Vancouver yeah. is a tough yeah. market. Yeah. Montreal, both lanes, like, that, there's more like everything, and, and yeah. And you see a lot of the players can have contentious relationships with the medium. They are more so than in a city well, like and,
2: and that. Well, and part of the problem is that. There's 18,000 people in the building, and probably 17 of those 18,000 actually know what's going on. And when they watch you make a bonehead play, they know it. Right. It, whereas in, you know, say Washington, the place is full, but you can you can hide a little more from from the scrutin from the fan scrutiny. Mm. So if that's really important to you, and you, and I, I, I gather it might be for this guy. Like, you, mm. you, if you can't tune that out, then that's mm. that, that can be tough on you. Maybe he tune. goes to Anaheim.
1: The team that drafted him. Mm. Woo. Hot take. Interesting, Interesting. Well, that's it for this week, everyone. Good to be back, and we'll be back again next week after July 1st to do some winners and losers of day one of free agency.